I'm Dr. Gene Hansen. For more than 25 years, I've been answering your financial questions on Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. This is Money Talks, providing honest, straightforward answers to your financial questions. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, July 22, 2017. The only thing we have to fear is the economic health of this nation has there are been four essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline in the dollar, lack of better word. Late rally on Wall Street, big to fail, growing the economy, growing the economy, 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 economy. Welcome. This is Money Talks. Well, good morning, good morning. This is Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. I'm Bill Laco. Friends call me Dollar Bill. Friends? <laughs> well, friend, acquaintance. Somebody I knew once. <laughs> they called me. A, I see. They have a, Sorry, Bill. Yeah, you need a, a hook. A little bit. Okay. A little bit. That might be inappropriate in the workplace, though. It it could be. You get a a sound of Paycom video for something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Strike that suggestion from from the history. I I never said it. Sorry. No? No? All right. Well, Jared, you you got some digits after your name, don't you? I got a couple, yeah. What was a certified financial planner, CFP there. Also uh, CWS, certified wealth strategist. There's a couple of things. A couple of things. See how not, far that gets me. I'm but, not that you know. smart, though. I'm just a CFP. Some so, people then, of course, <laughs> we have you here, Troy. Uh, yeah. He's going to get really a leg up on all of us. I just have two. It's, it's Ish, but you're deal. working on a third. I am, yeah. And then talking maybe, about maybe, going to get your doctorate. Maybe, yeah, maybe. You know. maybe. Overachievers, bro, I tell you. So I, I enjoy school. I like yeah. to learn. That's that's it. Save that. It's, uh, it's as much a hobby as anything else. But, hey, if it helps me at work. What's the what's the hindrance there? You got to keep a leg up these days, you know. You, you don't want to. Yeah. College isn't what it used to be. Just just the degree, unfortunately. You got to keep going. You know. Yeah, yeah you, you do have some. to keep going. There's yeah. no question about it. All right, so. <clears throat> what's what? happening this week? Yeah. What is going on? Well, um, hey, the market's up. What's yeah. wrong with that? Uh, we gained more than one percent this week. Um, had a real big day for some of the smaller companies who've been dragging. Uh, uh, early on in the year, I think the first half we had a little over 6% uh, for the mid-cap and about 3%, a little over 3% for the small-cap companies, uh, while the S&P 500 was almost 10% higher. Um, but this week we did see uh, some just good positives in the in the smaller company mm-hmm. stocks, uh, about 1% on uh, Wednesday. And why do you think that is? I, you know, honestly, I think it's earnings season. We're we're just seeing a lot of catch up in earnings. Um, if you look at what happened, those smaller companies took off much uh, stronger right after the election when the when the market went higher. Um, but they definitely took a breather between uh, January and probably May, and then uh, started started acting more like the S and P 500 on a daily basis. But uh, it is earnings season. We've got about 15% of the S and P 500 that's uh, that's reported. So uh, you know some of that's driving the action. If you look the overall um, the overall sales surprise has been 1.3%. Sales are up. Almost 5% on the S&P 500, the companies, the 75 of the 500 that have reported so far. Uh, and it's pretty smooth across the board. You look uh, 7% plus from uh, energy, materials, industrials, um, and consumer discretionary. 
Look at consumer staples, it was only up 2%. Uh, most of the others are in line with that average, the 5%. Uh, so you got uh, financials, uh, information technology right up there with them. Uh, you look at, uh, like I said, sales surprise 1.3, sales growth 5%, earnings growth 9.15%, uh, pretty significant gains uh, just in, in the, the uh, interim reports that we've seen. So uh, that's pretty much what's driving the market at this point, and I talked a lot about that earlier, uh, earlier this year, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the last month or two, you know, where we've seen kind of a, a stall, if you will, in the political side of things where we thought regulation was going to be uh, improved, lowered, whatever you care to call it. Sure. Uh, tax situation would probably get better, we keep thinking. Um, but the one thing that companies have been doing is earning more money. So uh, good news there. Absolutely. Uh, you look year-to-date, the S&P 500 is up 10.6%. Uh, Still being led by IT, huh? Oh, yeah, huge, 22.8% gain in information technology. Healthcare, uh, a not so distant second, 17.7%. It's very respectable. Consumer discretionary is up almost 12%. You get to the other end of the spectrum, telecom, which had a great year in 2016, mm-hmm. uh, has fallen 14.7% year-to-date energy right there with what do you it. I think that is? 12.5. Telecom, uh, well, if you look at what's been happening, they're, they're pretty sensitive to interest rates, uh, as are financials. Um, you know, financials are lagging the market at this point. They have led at certain times during the year, but... Uh, when you see what's going on with the yield curve, a uh, bit of a tightening between the two and the ten uh, year maturities, uh, it, it makes banks theoretically less profitable. Uh, it makes, you know, when you see see uh, interest rates um, decline, obviously the price in those uh, sectors tend to decline as well, giving them a the better dividend yield. So bad? Well, I, you know, if you look at earnings. They're up 0.93%. There's only about six or eight companies in the telecom sector anyway, uh, very heavily dominated by AT&T and Verizon. Uh, so pretty much what happens to the, to the two of those is what Are they, are they the typically sector. pretty correlated with the interest rate environment? I mean, what's... They're, yeah, they're sensitive. So uh, any of the dividend-paying stocks tend to be that way. And yeah. um, when you see, when you see uh, yields mm-hmm. uh, contract, then you see... Uh, See those those uh, prices uh, decline as well. So are we seeing dividend yields on the decline there? Or are they keeping uh, them pretty consistent? Yeah, I mean we haven't seen huge moves. Um, so I'm getting the same questions about energy. You know, they're staying still pretty stagnant. It had a great year last year too, just like telecom. Yep. But seems that it's remaining pretty low. I don't know where the price per barrel is. Uh, well, at this the point. thing the thing about energy, and I talk about this a lot as well. Energy is a, a managed market, and I mean that by the by the fact that there's a cartel in the Middle East. Sure. O, you know, OPEC. They uh, uh, when when prices. Um, Fell starting in what was it middle of uh, 2014. Yep, fell exactly. through uh, early 2016. Uh, I think it was February 11th when crude oil prices bottomed, but they were well below $30 a barrel. Uh, what you saw was uh, it was it was an oversupply in the market. Uh, basically, by Saudi Arabia decided that they would just see. Um, where everybody's uh, break point was on price. Uh, the biggest thing they were trying to do is kill uh, the Bakken Shell, that western North Dakota mm-hmm. uh, oil field that was discovered after fracking uh, became a, 
uh, and the new technology that became uh, so popular and, and allowed us to uh, tap into uh, previously uh, unattainable reserves. So, so we, have we heard anything new out of OPEC? I mean, where is the guidance as far? I mean, I know you don't usually get much out of the well, cartel, you get, right? But, yeah, it but, doesn't but matter what going? you get as far as the, the talking point. Quite right. often what happens is some of the companies come along and they have to, that's what they use. The country itself, quite mm-hmm. often, in fact, that was a deal with Saudi Arabia, is reliant on the, the price of crude oil. It's their revenues. Sure. Uh, and, you know, in order for them to, to stay afloat, they have to, to pump a certain portion out of the ground. Obviously, the, the price falls, they tend to pump a little more, which uh, exacerbates the issue. So, Well, do we have an expectation for that sector? I mean, uh, you know, honestly, I think if you if you thought about uh, equilibri- equilibrium pricing, where where uh, supply would meet demand. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, it's still somewhere around seventy bucks. But um, wow, yeah, I'd I really to move up in oil though, right? Uh, well, since early bit. last year, but it's it's kind of it's pretty stagnant, wavering right in that low forties space, and uh, I, that's a lot of what you're seeing in the price now. We're getting better comps because it has fallen so far over you know a. a Longer period of time, but um, you're still seeing uh, earnings are not they're they're not what they used to be. And the problem is, and I was really surprised when we saw the big decline, is a lot of industrial companies actually rely on the the energy space for uh, you know their capital expenditures flow right into industrials. Industrials were hurt pretty uh, pretty hard. They were hit pretty hard when. Uh, uh, oil, crude oil prices fell as much as they did. So if you're looking forward, and I said to you, hey, your energy sector is down 12.5% when the market's up how much? Uh, almost 11, 11 yeah. Okay. So that's a pretty big differential. It is, yeah. And telecom's down 14. I don't know, it might make me want to dip my toe in the water. Yeah, I, I think uh, energy is probably more investable at this point than uh, than telecom so much. I, the biggest problem with telecom is the you know there's not a whole lot of growth there. When uh, when we saw cell phones uh, become as as widely used as they have been, we saw more growth there. But at the moment, you know, what but are you trying AT&T to build out? But AT&T buying uh, they bought Directv, and aren't they buying um, who owns CNN? Who's it? Aren't they buying? I, yeah, I'm not it sure. Escapes me at the moment too, Bill. But are you the head research guy? I, we, I, mean, I, I got his phone got number. You want me to call, Google, yeah. to call him? To say, what is the name of that company? <laughs> All right, just for that, I'm gonna Google it right now. All right, you All right. go. For it. Well, so let me ask you this, though, Troy. Let me ask you how, because I know Schlumberger, which is a company that we recommend for our yeah. equity income model. All services. How, exactly. Now, how can that be trading at the, out of all the positions in that model at the highest premium, as I saw recently, right. of all of them, yet this sector be doing so poorly? Well, I, you know, here's the thing. when Time you've got, Warner. That's right. Yeah. Time Warner. Yeah, I'm a planner. <laughs> I yeah. plan to bring my phone so I can get yeah. my yeah. Google. Siri. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you think my research series <laughs> might have uh, – but I'm you're not like, a planner. You're a, I'm, you're I'm a dart thrower, as we I, call them. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, got, I got a nice set I'm of darts. You want me to go but, get that? So, so at what point does AT&T no longer a telecom company? Uh, well, I mean, I don't see the the future without that for a long 
period of time. You think about what they've done. They've gone from like a landline-based right. company to it, they're more mobile at this point. But well, yeah, they're, but they're I mean, buying like, up. Yeah, they're buying up content providers right. and television and companies. And, that, yeah, and well, I mean, the internet internet provide has been provided for a long time by well, those. About Directv. Yeah, and a lot of that's delivered again by, you know, a similar situation. I we got Verizon at my house. Uh, you got Xfinity and, and all yeah, those, yeah. and it all yeah. comes through the same cable, and that's you see a consolidation of sorts. It's still not huge growth, and, but, and but, those businesses are not big. But in all profit. reality, they have them in the telecom sector, but at what point are they no longer a telecom company? Uh, well, I'll tell you like what happened with Walmart. You know, Walmart's a consumer staple at this point, and it seems like you go to Walmart to buy your jeans or right. hunting gear or whatever. Right. Whatever you're into, you can get it at Walmart. Well, they sell still in a retail. over 50% yeah. uh, food. of food, right. and that's why they get put into to, uh, consumer staples. Kind of makes so, you wonder why Amazon got into that business. I, so I tell you, competition going on there. I don't know. I'm, I'm just speculating. Yeah, I can, I can, uh, I can speculate with you all day long about Amazon. Some of the things they've done lately have just been enough to make me scratch my head. Yeah, but uh, that's when you have too much money. I, well, yeah, I, you're getting away from your your uh, strategy, your yeah. basic strategy, no doubt. All right, we're going to stop here for a quick break. You listen to Money Talks. We'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. Time for the Dog of the Week. All right, T-Roy. Here we go. Uh, right out of the banking sector, this story out of Texas, uh, as reported by Reuters. Uh, a uh, unnamed Texas repairman found that it is very difficult when you're working on an ATM if you get locked into the the building, uh, it's it might be hard to flag down help. This guy, uh, as people came through the through the line, he was uh, trapped within the the uh, structure that holds the ATM. He was passing folks notes through the little <laughs> through the machine outlet, uh, asking this. if he could uh, if they would help. Please call the police. I'm trapped in here. People thought it was a joke. For three hours, this man sought help from motorists who were coming through the ATM line, and nobody would help Why him. Why would you pass a note instead of a $100 bill? Uh, well, Some I mean, the first person would have called. Yeah, but you expect money. money to come out of the machine, right? <laughs> I, I think I was it's, dozing off. What, how did he get caught in the machine? He's a repairman. He was working, doing maintenance on the ATM, forgot his phone in his truck, was locked oh, in like the building. Oh, kind of like when we were trying to Google <laughs> AT&T Time Warner. Is that all right? This man, this man will give me absolutely. Look, I offer to hug you. It's true. It's Bill, true. this is why it's you true. started thinking about friend, acquaintance. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's that. true. That's true. Come Are on, you my man. friend. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Not anymore, I suppose. Well, I mean, uh, part of that's up to you. <laughs> anyway. So they finally got him out. They, it took three hours, but they did get him out. They uh, still will not release his name, and that's probably the, the best thing. I, I mean, I a little bit that's embarrassed. all over social media. Oh, if, Again, could if you, you imagine? If you had if, your phone, you could, like, do a little Facebook yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Relentless. Relentless. This man will not give me a break. All right, Jarrett. We have uh, some questions about small business retirement plans. 
We do. Yeah, it's, uh, we'll call it a case study, just a situation and a rather common one that many people face these days, particularly uh, small business owners and something that at some point or another, if they are profitable and they're wanting to keep more of that money instead of giving it to Uncle Sam, uh, something that they'll probably come into contact with, and that is what type of retirement plan is a good fit for your business? And uh, not only are there a lot of options here uh, to consider, but uh, also just a lot of consideration in general, given the fact that some of it is dependent upon how many employees you have, how much money you'd like to save, whether or not you are willing and, and how much you're willing to also contribute uh, to your employees' accounts. And so, you know, to kind of just give a simple start off here, really, if you're a small business owner that is a sole proprietor and uh, don't have any employees, uh, then your options are probably going to be a little bit greater given the fact that you don't have these other considerations as they relate to employees. So, for instance, uh, you know, you can look at a simplified employee pension plan. We refer to it as a SEP IRA. That would be uh, one of the options available to you as a sole proprietor. Uh, you could also consider an individual 401k plan and, and, Typically, I won't say all the time because it's not always true, but typically uh, for business owners that want or are able to stash away uh, a little bit more, um, typically they're going to be able to get more into that individual 401k plan than they would uh, a SEP IRA. Now, those are the two, I would say, most common that we see as it relates to small business owners and uh, retirement accounts that uh, they could consider. Now, keep in mind, those two options in particular are uh, – those those are ones that you're going to be able to contribute much more to than you would say a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA, and that's why uh, you know they are business related because of it having that aspect. You're going to be able to get much more into those plans now. If you have employees, that's where some of the complication can come in here because the individual 401k, for instance, is now off the table unless. It's you and your spouse. If it's just the two of you, uh, then you guys could have an individual 401k plan for the two of you. But if you have one What's even the uh, for the 401k plan, this Plus year it's 54000 okay. Uh If you're over, and that's for employer uh, contributions as well. Now, if you're, if you're age 50 or over, you could contribute up to 24000 uh, And then uh, if you're not age 50 or older, then you'd only be able to get in 18000 uh, now, you know, we've run some so tax let's, let's, projections. That confused me. So let's go through that. So on the 401K side, right? as an employee of your own company, mm-hmm. you could put away $18,500, right? Or is yep. it just 18? It's just 18, just 18 right now, yeah. Okay. If you're That's assuming you're under 50. Right. Right. If you're above 50, add another. There's a catch-up contribution that allows you to get another 6000 6, which would take you to 24. Right. That's on the. Employee. Employee side. So you're paying yourself a salary as an employee from your company. That's right. But then the company can make a profit sharing contribution to yes. you up to the tune of $54,000. So right. There'd be another thirty that you could potentially get into the plan. Now, Okay. So the max is 54000 Absolutely. Between what you put in as deferral and mm-hmm. what the company can put in. Correct. Okay. Yep. And so take that into consideration uh, with the SEP IRA plan, for instance, that limitation is going to be limited to the lesser of 100% of the net income or that same limit uh, for the 54th. So if you only had, let's say, $40,000 in net income, but let's say you had some other types of uh, 
you know, well, let's just say you had some savings account money that you wanted to also try and stash away into the SEP, you couldn't do it because you can't contribute more to the SEP than right. what you actually made with the business. So right. th- these are the complexities and considerations that I was alluding to before when saying, you know, you, there's, there's not a simple answer here that's going to apply to everybody. It is definitely circumstantial as to what is going to be uh, the most appropriate and beneficial to you as a business owner. And, again, those are two of the most common ones. But, you know, let's say, again, that you've got employees and the 401K, the individual 401K anyways, is no longer an option. Well, now you do have a 401K or, or profit-sharing plan, I should say. Uh, that you could put into place when you have employees. Now, that's going to be administratively a lot more costly. So uh, small business owners with, let's say, just 10 or less employees probably aren't going to uh, elect to, to have a plan like that because it's just going to be too costly. So they're then looking at, uh, I would say more commonly, the SEP IRA, which you can do, but there's going to be some requirements as to how much you have to contribute on behalf of the employee as well if you are a business owner that has a SEP IRA and also has employees. Uh, but you could also consider a simple IRA plan. Uh, now, you cannot get as much. I think the limit on these is 12000 this year. Um, that may have actually gone up a little bit. I'd have to look back at the code and see if there was a... Uh if they gave it an uh, index. index, yeah, for the year. But uh, either way, that one is going to be not quite as restrictive uh, as the SEP in terms of what you would have to contribute to the employees potentially because you could get more into the SEP. Now, uh, let me say, too, that the simple IRA plan, that the thing with that is your employees are 100% vested immediately. So you can see how there's even these other complexities that go into these plans, and I don't want to get too far down in the weeds here with all these rules and uh, regulations as they relate to them. But the point that we're trying to convey here is that as a small business owner, there are multiple options available to you in the field, and you cannot just uh, consider one of them as the appropriate uh, way for you because, again, it's going to apply whether or not your business, how many employees they have, do you want to contribute on their behalf, do you not, how much do you yourself as the business owner want to contribute. And so a uh, lot to take into account as, as it relates to uh, small business owners and their potential retirement plans. There is a lot. And, and I would say this, <clears throat> you have to find a lot of times, you know, you go to your tax preparer and they will, yeah, yeah, let's do this. But right. they are not really experts in all the other plans available to them. Mm-hmm. And that's true for some investment advisors, similar to us. They don't, that's not their bailiwick. We have a whole division that does this. Exactly. That's what we do. You know, um, and, and, you know, there's some unique things we even get into here, defined benefit plans, cash yep. balance plans. I mean, there's some unique things that, that um, depending upon the size of the firm, and the census data yep. from the employees. You, know, you could have a 10-person firm that's making tons of money. Well, you wouldn't do a simple IRA because, A, it's not simple, <laughs> and, B, it's not going to be able to put away enough money to incent your employees. Mm-hmm. Right. So th- there is a, um, a fine line there, and you need to have a firm that, that can come in and actually review the retirement plans and, and kind of give you a sort of a free look at, okay, here are all the options that you have. Exactly. You know, it's not all just tied to one scenario or another. And that's that's true. You know, a, a lot of our businesses on the, the uh, small to medium-sized 401K plans for uh, for businesses. And a lot of times what we'll do is we'll just, hey, let us come in and do a review for you. Mm-hmm. We don't just look at your investments. We look at, well, how much are you pay in your third-party administrator? Yep. How much are you pay in your record keeper? You know, what is all these costs going into this plan? And is there a way to save money 
both for you and your participants. Yeah, so. uh, the investments within inside those plans can vary as well. If you're oh, just yeah. talking about a 401k or an IRA, uh, you have the difference between just being able to to invest in a mutual fund with a 401k, or you could go with stocks, ETFs, individual securities. Right. You know, a lot of things that you have an option for in an right. IRA. So. Right. And this is where you come in because. You know, we give you the list of the funds. You go right. in and analyze because, you know, you could have one fund that's got five different share classes mm-hmm. and not realize, well, one fund's got a load, one yep. share class got a load. The other one's got, you know, a huge back-end fee that, you right. know, all affects performance. Yeah, and usually the larger the plan, the more options you have and the cheaper it gets. True enough. Yeah. True the more confusing it gets. Uh, without, <laughs> a without a that doubt. That is uh, that is a factual statement. So. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's let's stop here for a quick break. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll be right back. Had my eye on you a long time, Doctor. I consider you one of my most valuable long-term investments. And when it comes to my investments, I always do my homework. coming out of D.C. It is unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. No doubt. Especially considering how much the market likes certainty, and we're getting none of that. It seems. Uh, well, you know what the market likes more? What's that? Earnings. That's yeah. what I was about to That's say. That's what it is. That's what it is. First quarter earnings over 15% in the S&P 500 uh, year to date. Um, I mean, as far as uh, reporting in second quarter so far, over mm-hmm. 9%. I mean, that's that's good stuff. Uh, I would venture to guess, flow. if I was a betting man, that we don't get any tax reform. Uh, well, there's a lot of folks that I've been trying to follow. Uh, some of the ones that I respect most are saying first quarter 2018. I, it seems unbelievable to me that In an election we're going to go on. You think I, We'll see. I, well, here's the thing. There's folks that, that believe that um, the the uh, Democrats were uh, punished for forcing certain legislation on us, Obamacare, one of them. Um, but, you know, the, if, if you assume that you were hired to do a specific job and maybe part of that was uh, to do some reform on that uh, health care legislation, if you don't get it, wouldn't you expect that you're going to be mistreated? So... Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll see. I, I think it's it's strange the way they've gone about the whole thing, uh, expecting that Obamacare is going to be the big change. Then they can uh, figure out a budget because of the costs and then do a tax plan on the backside of it. I, I think it would have been easier just to start with taxes and go from there. But instead, we've got nothing. Yeah. Well, I sure would like to see the tax reform, but I'm with Bill on this one. I don't know. I don't know how, how we're yeah. going to get there from where we're at today, especially with this recess coming up. Yeah, I hear more and more skeptics, and yeah. uh, and for a reason. All right, look, before we get to the questions, um, you can email us at drgene at hensler.com. You can call us at 770-429-9166. You can call us on our hotline, which we'll take a question somebody left over the weekend, one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. 
And you can Facebook us, and oh, yeah. tweet yes. us, and Instagram us, and all kinds of whatever yeah. stuff us. And then um, that's a technical internet term. You yeah. have to be really technical. <laughs> you have to be tech savvy to, to, to use say. that sentence. Yeah. Right Lots there. of ways to yeah. get at us. There is. And yeah. if you go to our website, which is hamsler.com, yeah. H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com, you could click on our experts link and send in a question. Yeah. And we will answer them for free. Lots of ways to get yep. in touch. Yep. All right, we got a question this week I want to get to. Before we go to that uh, hotline question, uh, Adam from Atlanta asks, I've been investing in Weight Watchers for a few years now. figure I bought it around mid-2015. I really thought when they revamped the program, the stock would tank, and it did to some degree in early 2016. But I held my breath, and I've been rewarded. Where does the company stand on your radar? Well, honestly, it's not one that's uh, that's too much on my radar, but since you asked, I did go back and dig around a little bit to find out what's been going on with Weight Watchers, and uh, if you bought in mid-2015, you've experienced about 173% annualized return, 652% return since mid-2015. I'll just remind you, uh, there's an old adage, pigs get fat and <laughs> hogs get slaughtered. Yep. Uh, this company, when I look at some of the other details, earnings growth has been negative 28.77%. As uh, many stocks are wont to do, uh, when good news is pending, quite often the, the price starts running up. Uh, I would not expect, even if things go well for Weight Watchers going forward, that you're going to get a return significantly better than what you've seen so far. In fact, I'd be amazed if it didn't bump along at market-related rates or even contract based on the, the increase that it's had. Uh, Five-year earnings growth negative 28.7%. Uh, price to earnings um, currently is uh, around 24 PEG, which is the uh, forward PE divided by the, the expected growth rate, 1.37. We like that number around 1% to be investable. 1.37 is not bad. Uh, you know, the EVA spread looks attractive. There's there's plenty of reasons that you would think uh, that things are good. If you look at what analysts believe, uh, I always pick this off of uh, our Bloomberg terminal, terminal internally. Uh, stock is currently selling around 32 and a half. Uh, One-year target estimate overall, 30 bucks. That tells me that analysts believe that the stock is going to decline. It's not one that actually has uh, meets our, our criteria for investing. I say take your money and run. Run. It's time to sell. Run. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. Own you don't think it's going up after 150 percent? I mean, yeah. Yeah. over yeah. over multiple years. No. <laughs> no. What is the uh, what's the PE you said? You uh, it's uh, around 24. Just, I mean, it's not bad. The the thing is, the earnings were negative for a long time. Uh, the equity in the company is still negative. Um, it, it looks to me like they've probably turned turned the business around pretty substantially. But man, has the price gone up? Gotcha. I I just can't see Go. it from here. 228 Go. year to gotcha. date. Yeah. So you didn't do the normal sell. I mean, you gotta come on, man. If you're gonna tell we somebody all, to sell, we all you have to tell our them style. how to do it. You don't want there to be any misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so look, we I want to go to a, a caller from our hotline here. So uh, this is Dean. Hi, this is uh, Dean from Cumming, Georgia. I want to get you guys' opinion on a few tech companies. Um, I generally like the smaller tech firms, but I still own ADP. Do you guys think that's still good for the long term? 
And the other item is I'm also looking at Netgear and uh, Cabot Microelectronics. Uh, I wanted to get your guys' opinion on those two. So anyway, thanks. Have a great day. So is ADP a tech company? It is. Really? Yeah, they, uh, they're really more related to um, HR, human resources, and, you know, taking care of the back office kind of things with uh, with pay. But since it's done electronically, I got uh, that's what they do. Okay. But uh, uh, as far as the three that were mentioned, I like them best. Turns out that they're the only one that actually meets our criteria as well. Uh, pretty stable company. It looks expensive right now. Peg of 2.5. Uh, explain, what, explain what the PEG is. All right, it's the forward PE. So it's um, the today's price relative to expected earnings over the next 12 months. You take that number and you divide it by expected earnings growth. If it's around one, you assume that you're you're getting a reasonable price for expected growth in the long term. I got you. Okay. I got you. And uh, it's two and a half. So it's sub- substantially higher than I would expect to uh, to think that. You know, was was something that so the future earnings growth is attractive. The future earnings growth is what you're saying. Yeah, but but at the same time, the price is you're paying too much for that future earnings growth. Right, right. Uh, Expensive. Yeah, it's expected. Earnings are expected to grow by 11.1 percent. The same thing that I made the case on on uh, Weight Watchers. If you think about uh, what the analysts think about it, and Mm. that does matter, uh, they expect it to contract by about. 2.5% 2.5% over the next 12 months. So you know, this was something I never understood for the longest time, and a lot of people still don't, but a $100 stock can be cheaper than a $10 stock. Oh, yeah. And they'll buy the $10 all day long yeah. thinking they're getting a better deal, but you could buy one share of the $100 yeah. stock instead of the 10 of the $10 stock and be much better off. Absolutely. It's all about the value. It's what you yeah. receive for the money you pay out. And mm-hmm. in investing, the game is... Uh, the name of the game is is about the cash flow you receive for the for the outlay of your capital. So right. uh, if you've got a company that has uh, known earnings or at least very predictable earnings, we like those much better than you know mm-hmm. betting on a stock like back in the dot com era where <laughs> yeah. uh, it was gonna be the latest greatest thing. Yeah. Now if you show revenues are growing like crazy and you're taking the the proceeds and you're plowing it back into your business. I don't have a problem with a lot of those businesses, but mm-hmm. there's still a substantial uh, amount of risk relative to the old cash cows that we tend to like to look at. Uh, so with ADP, like I say, it's there's there's nothing real attractive. The price looks expensive. You take Cabot Microelectronics. Uh, it's a, a relatively small business, less than $2 billion in market cap, uh, definitely in the small cap space. Uh, they've got a small business. Uh, two companies make up over 30% of their revenue, which are uh, Samsung and Taiwan Semiconductor, um, which are 16% and 14% of revenues alone. Not uncommon, but it still adds a lot of risk. I'm not a fan of Cabot. Uh, Netgear is, is a stodgy old company that makes, you know, connectivity uh, devices, and a lot of them are just like consumer-based connectivity devices. Uh, In this space, I mean, I've got one that I like much better. In fact, uh, it's it's, uh, recommended in our small-mid model, uh, F5. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, all things considered, it's growing faster. Uh, It's got uh, true... uh, Earnings, it's much better followed. All things considered, I don't really like either one of the three. 
that uh, Dean has, has uh, called in about. ADP, uh, reasonable to hold. Uh, the other two, if it's just something you're looking at, I think you can find something better in the tech space for sure. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to stop here for another quick break. You know, we've got to make money, so we've got to sell some ads. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're here Let's to make money. It. Let's do it. We'll be right back. Don't touch that. Don't touch that dog. <laughs> this country, you've got to make the money first. Then when you get the money, you get the power. Then when you get the power, then you get the woman. This is Money Talks. We're back. I'm Bill Laco with Troy Harmon and uh, Jarrett McKenzie. By the way, if you've got questions or, heaven forbid, you actually want us to do some work for you, 770-429-9166. That's 770-429-9166. Let's go and talk about Naomi's question from McDonough, Jarrett. So she says, if you had $100,000... Would you pay off a portion of your 30-year mortgage that is at 3.9% or invest it? At 3.9%, I'd probably invest that money. And I would probably also probably. get a margin account. <laughs> and No, I'm in all seriousness. <laughs> at 3.9%, that's quite the low hurdle rate. Uh, and, and I would certainly, you know, from a math standpoint, I mean, look, if, if you can earn more than 3.9%, which is actually probably a little bit lower when you consider your effective rate on, on uh, the loan that you're paying 3.9%. Yeah, on. I just ran it. If you were in a 33% tax bracket, federal and state combined, because mm-hmm. you do have to pay uh, – uh, Governor deals some money too. Sure, you'd be at two point six. Yeah, yeah. So, see, so your effective rate is even lower, which means you could probably earn more than what you're paying in interest in just a dividend, meaning you're going to be better off completely by investing that money. Now, look, this is this is a behavioral question, right? I mean, nobody wants the mortgage payment hanging over their head. It, it kind of stinks to have to uh, pay a payment each month when you've got the money. Well, just uh, to give you an idea, so treasuries are state tax free. Mm-hmm. So. I bought a 10-year treasury yielding 2.4%. That will convert to 2.65. <laughs> You've already beat it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's as guaranteed as it gets. Exactly. That's the risk-free that's rate. The, yep. Right. So the see, one we use. the math is very easy, and we talk with clients about this all the time. We know what the math tells us. Unfortunately, the decision is not as easy as the math that, that you know, Bill, as he just did in, in 20 seconds or so, uh, showed us. I mean, these things are... Uh, very behaviorally driven, even when, you know, it's funny, we can show that to people. We do show that to people. And even still seeing that result in there, it seems hard for them to go and then take that money and put it into something as risky as, let's just say, even low risk. I mean, relatively low risk anyways. If we were to go and buy these blue chip equity income players like Procter & Gamble, sure. they've been around for, you know, over 100 years still, they want to go, they want to put it towards the house. And look, don't, don't hear us wrong here. It's not a bad decision to put money into the home, especially if it's your primary residence that you're talking about. Uh, but also real estate in general, that's a that's a great asset class, uh, which is part of most all well-diversified portfolios. So I'm not saying that it would be a bad decision to go uh, and, and invest or, or, excuse me, put the $100,000 into the home, it just wouldn't be the most optimal one. I think if you right. were to look back down the road and say, where would I have been better off, 
you certainly would come to the conclusion, I would think, at least if, if you're going to give yourself at least a 10-year time horizon, that you made the better decision if you chose to invest that money than to put it towards the home, particularly when it's at 3.9% or 2.6, as Bill put it. Because, look, I promise you this. I can't make you any guarantees, but... I can promise you this. We will never see rates this low again in our lifetime. We may see them hover here for a while, but we will not see them lower than where we're at today in our lifetime again. So Certainly if, not that three and a quarter one I got. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I've been blown away with uh, the, the rates that have been available for as long as they have in the mortgage market. Yeah, they ask me all the time, yeah. what would you do? I would take a 100-year mortgage out. Yeah. yeah. Go to the grave. Didn't fix. Yeah. Year. yeah. See you later. Yep. yep. Hey, all right, so let's talk about a couple other things from a pragmatic standpoint of view. This is reality here, okay? So you pay off your mortgage, all right? So I don't care whether it's $200,000 mortgage or half-million-dollar mortgage, whatever. It doesn't matter. If you have very little taxable money mm-hmm. and all your money is in retirement accounts, okay? Now, this this person seems like maybe she's a little younger for, yeah. our, for our more mature people, kind of like Troy. Um, <laughs> Man, he's brutal, brutal, brutal. Just brutal. brutal. Point. <laughs> yeah. If you if you have done what you're supposed to do over your course of your life and you've saved as tax free as you can or as tax deferred as you can, most of your money is going to be tied up in IRAs, profit sharing accounts, 401k plans, whatever. Okay, let's right. call it all IRAs. All right. So we've taken a chunk of half a million dollars out of your taxable portfolio, put it in a house that's now illiquid, mm-hmm. okay? We've already gone through. Everybody here listening on the radio today has gone through 08 and 09. Yep. So what do we learn? Banks do not lend you money if you need it. Exactly. Right. Okay? Let's yep. say that again. Yep. Banks will not lend you money if you need it. They like to lend money to people who do not need it, <laughs> so they have a relatively close to guarantee of getting paid back. Yep. Okay. So <clears throat> my point to that is... Now, you come to me and say, hey, Bill, I'm an empty nester. I don't need the five-bedroom, four-bath house that's five or six or seven or one million dollars, five or six or seven hundred thousand or one million dollars. Yeah. I want to buy a house up in the mountains. Okay. But I'm not going to take a mortgage out on it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, they won't take a contingent contract. Well, what do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah. oh, we can take the money out of your IRA, right? And you can pay taxes on it. Yeah, it's right. going to cost you a okay. lot more than the sales price, yeah. right? Now, now, mind you, the IRA will allow you one time a year to pull out and pay back mm-hmm. within sixty days. Correct? Right. Okay. So, is your house going to sell in sixty days? I don't know. Do you want to take that risk? Not in really. Two thousand seven mm-hmm. or eight, I would imagine that it got real tight. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But I mean, in this environment today, it all depends upon location, 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 sure. right? Yep. Right. So, I mean, literally, I've had this conversation this year alone mm-hmm. three times. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, why don't we take a loan out on your existing house, use that cash to buy the new house, and then when this house sells, pay it off. No, that's debt. <laughs> okay, I understand, but I don't have a money tree, and if I did, I'd use it for me. Yeah. Okay. So. It's you, some of this is act as a CFO for your own mm-hmm. family. Right. Well, and look to, to that same point. On the flip side of this, I've got a couple of clients who I've seen have a million dollars in real estate. Let's say to keep the math easy here, they're running out of their IRA money. Our projections show that they will outlive their IRA money, but they got a million dollar house. They can't pay the light bill. 
Right. You know, it, what good is having that if you can't pay your bills for the house itself? So it, it's it's very important that while rates are this low, that you make these decisions while you can. Because in that example, or heaven forbid, you actually sell the million dollar house and buy a five hundred thousand dollar <laughs> exactly. one. Exactly. Put a half million in your pocket. Yeah. And not pull money out of the IRA, which is getting what? Tax. Right. Yep. Exactly. And look, these in, in the example I just gave, you're going to be faced with the same decision down the road, but you're going to be forced into it. Right. You, right now, you've got some option and flexibility if, you, if you've got an example like that. And I would say, while rates remain low, make a decision about what's going to be best for you right now. There's, there's an opportune time to take advantage of this, and it won't always be this way. So, Naomi, if, if I were you, I would take the 100000 invest it, keep your mortgage payment, and you'll likely be better off in the end for it, I, I would think. All right. Well, we don't really have time for another question, but what are we thinking about the stock market this week? Well, I, you know, it's still earnings season. We got a huge uh, a group of stocks that'll still move through uh, reporting, and uh, things have been good. I mean, so uh, I'm guessing all of you're them going with up. All uh, absolutely, all of them okay. work through the That's same economic situation. You, so, man, every time I've guessed lately, it's going in the other direction. So, since I need to. Uh yeah, go Raise ahead some cash. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it's going down. Yeah, wow. Keep it going up, that's, I that's guess. That's Jared. That's Jared McKenzie, folks. <laughs> but, but, but understand, that really means I think it's going up. I just, I'm just i being contradictory here, I know, but still, it's going in the opposite direction every time. Double speak. Well, you know, I'm going to go with flat. <laughs> flat. There you wow. go. Look Bill, at it. Bill, <laughs> you guys? the most improbable thing ever. <laughs> he always happen, does it happen. Does. One All day. Right. We'll see you next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.